Welcome to the Gamers Inn. Come on in, pull up a chair next to the fire. It looks like you've had a long journey. I'm your host, Jocelyn, and joining me as always is my co-host, Ryan. Hello, Ryan. Sonic 2. (laughs) Happening. (laughs) It's like, are we going to do any small talk or any transition or any anything? Nope, just it's Sonic time and Ryan is here for it. Um, Yeah. I, it finally happened, you guys. So thanks to some amazing donors in last year's Extra Life campaign. First of all, apologies. It took so long to get to it. Um, I think we both forgot. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, we had a, a goal in our a milestone in our Extra Life campaign last year that was to uh, make me watch Sonic 2 and do commentary. Um, but we put it out to the Discord today. And um, basically, you guys said podcast episode trumps... Uh, commentary which i think was the right decision personally um i mean like we've i know ryan and i have both done um commentary in the past but uh i don't know i just feel like it's my first time watching the movie so like no one wants to hear that (laughs) like i mean i had some snarky comments for sure but uh i don't know i just feel like most of it would have been just like quiet dead air so i feel like talking about our thoughts about the movie and doing kind of like a pseudo review is is probably better. So uh, you guys in the Discord agreed. So that's why we are doing a Sonic 2 review as uh, as part of our episode today. So uh, yeah, um, I, I watched Sonic 2. Thanks, guys. <laughs> uh, Extra Life is a wonderful thing. It brings magic to uh, many uh, children's Miracle Network hospitals around the world, but also has Jocelyn watching uh, movies she doesn't want to watch, which is like, uh, makes for great content. Um, <laughs> I will say uh, that Sonic 2, I think, was better than Sonic 1. And I think that maybe it's like, it's not necessarily right up there with the Mario movie, but like, I think it, it was decent. <laughs> That's probably the best that you're going to get out of me. Like, it had some bits that i wish were not in it but at the same time like i think it did a better job than the first movie in my opinion (laughs) yeah well i mean it is a two-hour film which i mean is about a half hour it's a half hour longer than it needs to be like let's be honest like when you have uh, a movie based on a property that has to put it mildly flimsy story uh yeah (laughs) an hour and a half is a perfect amount Yeah, and it seemed like they were trying to do some world building and, like, lore and stuff. Um, But it was such a small part of the movie that I was kind of, like, confused by it more than anything. I'm like, either you spend time, like, fleshing out your world... Or you just lean into the fact that you have no plot, you have no universe, just, like, blow things up, right? (laughs) You know? And they kind of, like, didn't really do either one of those. They had Tails come in. Maybe we should just, like, I feel like I'm just diving in. Is that okay? (laughs) Yes, of course. This is your space to decipher what (laughs) is Sonic 2. compress and, yeah, Yeah. okay. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so, like, I felt like, um, and I guess we should say, like, if you haven't seen Sonic 2, maybe pause this episode, (laughs) go watch Sonic 2. We're going to spoil the crap out of it. (laughs) Do you really need to pause this and go watch Sonic 2? I mean, honestly, (laughs) you could probably just 
listen to this and and then decide do i really need to see sonic 2 still yeah that's also fair um but yeah like i mean tails just kind of shows up and is like oh hey by the way here's the universe in 45 seconds (laughs) like this is who this red guy is this is where he's from they fought the owls for some reason go (laughs) it's like well i guess it's a good thing tails showed up to Tell us what's happening. (laughs) Yeah, it happened like three times over the course of the movie where like Tails was like Wikipedia for Sonic. (laughs) Well, it's so true because Sonic um, doesn't really know what's going on. You know, abandoned as a child on planet Earth after, uh, as you said, the the Knuckles folks, the Echidna warriors uh, fought the fought the owls, I guess. They explain it a little bit in the movie, but honestly, like it's... um, it all has to do with, I guess, the chaos. This is the problem with the second one is that the second one uh, dives deep into like the video game lore. And again, going back to my comment about flimsy story, like Sonic <laughs> has a story, but it's like it's all about there are these all powerful emeralds that when you combine them creates the, you know, the super emerald or I, I think it's the master emerald. And that is the ultimate power creates the ultimate warrior. And there is a, you know, this fight between, you know, these two, uh, two groups of folks that want to control it. And it, it, and it, but it doesn't really set them up as the bad, like neither of them are the bad guys. They just wanted to control it, I guess. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. It kind of seemed like, uh, neither one of them was particularly bad. It's just that like Knuckles's side wanted to keep the Emerald in its like, combined all powerful state and the owls were like no that's too much for one person they should be split right right you watch this movie i literally just like an hour ago so don't feel bad (laughs) this is all like very fresh for me (laughs) but but yeah anyway that's that's what i gathered from the movie but again like the the lore and the backstory and everything else like is probably about four to five minutes of the entire two hours. <laughs> so, you know, like it's could have maybe potentially been fleshed out more because like, I've got to say um, like this movie more so than the first. And and you're, I'm going to probably say that a lot is basically like, I don't remember like blow for blow plot point for plot point. What happened in one, I kind of have a vague recollection, but I've tried to forget it <laughs> as much as I possibly could. Um, but basically like, in the first movie, I really didn't like <laughs> any of the human parts. And I have the same thought about Sonic 2. Anytime that humans were involved, I was like, this is painful. This is cringy. This is cheesy. This is stupid. And why? Uh, it's like they had to put the parts about the humans in just so James Marston was still involved in the franchise. <laughs> like, <laughs> it was so dumb. And there was no reason, like... They really focused in the second movie more so on like Sonic and Tails and Knuckles and then Dr. Robotnik, which was, I think, a better like core concept than trying to involve the humans. Like humans are boring and stupid. So like focus on the aliens. That's where the cool stuff is. So anyway, not that I'm Robotnik's not not alien, but still. You know what I mean? Like he's a he's, he's a quirky. larger than life like comic-y character, right? Yeah. Yeah. He's not uh, yeah. 
some small town boy and his wife raising an alien like <laughs> no and that's the thing is like it, it's similar to the trans the early transformers films where they didn't really know how to you know bring the human story together with the robot story and it's the same thing here where like they they bring the humans into the story by everyone's a little like it's all cartoony you know i think there's very few human characters in this film um or the first one for that matter that are acting like actual human beings like everybody mm. is a cartoon um i guess james marson character you know gets pretty close to being like the most normal human of the bunch. Yeah, I was going to say, he and his wife are pretty much like yeah. the the kind of down-to-earth humans, I think. Like, the cop is a caricature, so is the general, you know. Oh, my God. So is her sister, who's getting married or whatever. Like, you know, they're Where all... Where is she? Oh, my God, Ryan. <laughs> I feel like, <laughs> don't get me started on this, but also, like, that was my least favorite like i literally thought when they sent them to hawaii for a wedding i was like oh sweet they're just getting rid of the human characters completely this is perfect <laughs> but then it turned out that they like did this whole like sting operation thing on the off chance that sonic might show up at this wedding where like i can't remember exactly from the first one but like i don't think the sister was in it like she is she yeah Oh, is she? Okay. I was like, does she even know about Sonic? Like, why would Sonic show up at the wedding in Hawaii? And like, if you know enough to target Tom with this sting operation to try to get to Sonic, why don't you just go to his house? Like, such a waste of resources and time, like, <laughs> tricking this poor woman into marrying one of your agents. Like, why? <laughs> Why not just go to this stupid small town, knock on his door and be like, we're going to take the alien now. Okay, thanks. Bye. Well, I mean, it's it's Why, a documentary, Ryan? really. You know, when it comes to uh, out of control government spending, this is exactly <laughs> the problem. It's just like it made me so mad. So mad. <laughs> I get, yeah. Like, what the fuck was the plan? If there hadn't have been this like crazy emergency, right? Because basically that's what happens is he's like snowboarding down this mountain and being chased by bad guys in an avalanche. And he's like, ah, dad, you have to save me. I need an out. I dropped all my rings, which who keeps rings in a little pouch like that? Like how, how is that secure? That's a whole other thing. But like, why do you think he drops all his rings when he gets hit? It's because he stores them in the bag. It's a video oh, it's game. So thing. bad. It's so bad. <laughs> Anyways, like, so he doesn't have his rings. He needs his dad's help. But, like, the government didn't know that was going to happen. <laughs> like, Or did they? What was the plan? Would they just have gone through with the wedding and been like, okay, I guess you live with her now. Hopefully the blue guy shows up. Shrug. Uh, you, at that point, ridiculous. you're deep undercover, right? So Ridiculous. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Did you catch the name of the organization? Uh. Yes. Okay. Which at least they eye rolled it in the movie as well. <laughs> yeah. But did you notice that none of them carry? So the organization is called Gun, but none of them carry none guns. None of them have guns. Yeah, this is a kids tasers. movie. Yeah. Uh, there are no guns in the film. Um, it is oh, wait, an actual organization. Actually... From, Wait, the games. What? I, from the games. Oh, from the games. From the games. You were talking and I didn't want to interrupt you. Do you mean IRL? There is some government organization called Gun. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, I mean, I'm sure there is like some well, subcommittee, <laughs> you know, but uh, no, the, in the video games, I guess um, there is an organization. I had no idea. I, uh, this is the stuff you you learn when you're uh, looking into a film after it comes out. And it's like, I want to learn more about the lore of Sonic the Hedgehog 2. And uh, <laughs> yeah, the gun organization is like a, a government organization um, in the video games. Uh, but yeah, like I, there's a, there's a lot of like the human element, the, the earth elements, like that wasn't something that really existed in probably the Sonic games that a lot of, uh, uh, folks our age play, which are the Genesis games. They didn't really introduce all this like earth connection and multi universes until, uh, the adventure titles that came out on the Dreamcast. And then it just kind of went from there and, like a lot of the cartoons kind of pull from that era. A lot of the, you know, comic books as well um, don't really focus in on just the Sonic stuff. So like the early games were really focused on what you're asking for, which is just give me Sonic the Hedgehog, you know, Tails, Knuckles in their environment. I don't need them visiting Earth. And like, man, we're not even going to get that with the Knuckles TV show because they announced a bunch of <laughs> human characters that'll be in the show. Knuckles lives on Earth now, right? So <laughs> yeah, every, yeah, yeah, that's true. And now they all live together as one big happy alien family, uh, <laughs> which is, I mean, I get it. You want to bring all three heroes together and have them, you know, coexisting uh, at the end of the film. And and I'll give them this credit: like having Sonic One and Two, and taking taking some time to introduce other fan favorite characters like tails and knuckles by waiting for the second film, but then finding a way to bring them all together at the end of the film and be like, okay, they're all on the same side now. Like they're, they're all working together. Um, I just hope that like with future films, they don't like, Oh, we, we made it work here. Now let's introduce like all the extra characters. Cause you know, there are like 25 different Sonic characters they could bring. in. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there are there are many. And after Knuckles, like, I guess maybe you could say Amy the Hedgehog would probably be like a a character you could bring in without, you know, breaking the plot too much. But like after that, a lot of those characters are really like C tier <laughs> Sonic. Characters. Yeah, they're, they're reaching. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I, I really enjoyed that. I thought. You know, to have that arc of like Knuckles showing up as the bad guy working with, you know, Robotnik like that. I thought it worked really well. And then to have that switch throughout the film, um, I, I think they earned that. Like they 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 did it in a way that like kind of worked for me. But like, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I really good. I liked the Knuckles character quite a lot, actually. And especially <laughs> After he changes sides and they're riding on the plane and I can't even remember what the context was, but he said something along the lines of, I'm complex. It's a lot for some people. <laughs> it's like, okay, that actually like got a, a laugh out of me. Like there were a couple of, especially closer to the end when, to be fair, you kind of saw a little bit more of him. Um, but he almost, he reminded me of um, oh, that character from Guardians, the literal one. That, like doesn't understand oh drax um, drax yeah he get, he kind of gave me those vibes <laughs> in terms of his like character like he's very like black and white very like doesn't understand you know references is very alien and and you know like so there were some some 
moments of humor with him, especially after he switched sides that I that I did really enjoy. And even when he was on the quote unquote bad side, he had uh, some some really interesting character moments. So I liked him. I, th- I thought they did a good job um, with with that character and, and with telling that story, because like you could see it coming a mile away. But at the same time, I thought it was pretty well done. So, you know, like it did feel like earned. It wasn't just like he's super evil and then all of a sudden he's super good. Yeah. You know, like there was definitely like a a transition and, and kind of understanding as more, as he got more information sort of thing. So, yeah, I, I really liked um, the the character and then the also the the arc I thought were Probably the like the highlight of the of the movie for me was watching that Knuckles kid again. Like if they just cut the humans out completely, I think this was a fantastic movie. <laughs> it was like every time that they involved the humans, I was like, "This is stupid. Why?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then like bringing Tails in as a character who is again a fan favorite from you know Sonic Two way back in the day. I I think they kind of they skipped that whole fish out of water thing by having him be the and he is a techie character in in the mm-hmm. lore of the games. So him being techie, him being knowledgeable, learning as much as he can about Sonic and Earth and all that. You don't have two characters that don't know what's going on. You know, you just have Knuckles who's kind of aloof. Tails is annoyingly knowledgeable, but um not so much that like you you begrudge every time he shows up um how did you feel uh, th- this is just reminding me there's a specific moment uh where sonic and tails are adventuring uh, off on their on their own for the first time and they end up in uh, i think it's either siberia or in a very cold it was siberia siberia yeah. <laughs> uh what did you think of the dance off did that make you oh want to stop god i was actually gonna ask you about this because like <sighs> This is not the first movie I've seen in the last few years that has used dance fighting. I'm like, is this a kid movie thing? Is this like to so that it's not like a big bar brawl? Have they just like removed like fist fights and replaced them with dance offs? Because, oh, my God, it's so stupid and I hate it. <laughs> yeah, well, it it, it a lot like it. So it's funny that you mentioned bar brawls because the first film had a bar brawl in it where Sonic starts a brawl, but then to fix it, he does his whole go fast thing and kind of sets everybody up to knock each other out. So there's a literal bar brawl in the first one. Um, So maybe they felt like they couldn't do it again in the second one. But a dance-off just doesn't... um, It it goes back to the the cartoony thing, right? Like, it's it would never happen like that in real life, you know? Uh, you wouldn't challenge a couple of aliens to a to a dance off. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. It, it's just it's hard. There's no way to explain it uh, because it is just so silly. But in terms of it being a kids' film, of course, like the kids riot when when they start dancing. And as a parent, it's like, well, I'd rather them see this silly dance off than have them, you know. Uh, <laughs> fight maybe is, i was gonna say is this just like they're they're trying to teach kids like non-violent alternatives so like all playgrounds are just like dance battles now <laughs> it's true it's true they have bluetooth speakers everywhere just so yeah. in case they need to pump the tunes oh um, man yeah I, I it it fits the film because it's cartoony and it's a break in the action 
Um, but it like, Oh my God. I, one other thing that really ticked me off about that scene was that Sonic just says to tails, Oh yeah, just follow my moves. And then all of a sudden tails knows all of Sonic's moves and they perform them perfectly in sync. And I was like, no, that's not following. <laughs> that's like you had a pre-planned routine. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a, it's a trope, right? Like the whole, I know, I know the whole, yeah. like, yeah, like the whole thing is corny and cringy and awful. <laughs> <laughs> but also hilarious. No. And, and these are the parts of the movie that like, I, I need to remember, like, this is not a movie for me. This is a movie where, in theory, I'm taking my six-year-old to go watch a Sonic movie, and there are bits in it that are for me, the adult, and then most of the movie is made for my kid, and that hopefully I would just be sitting there and be like, oh, my kid is happy. I'm going to have a nap. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, like, I understand that this is not, like, meant to be an Oscar winner. <laughs> But yeah. man, some things I was just like, "Oh my god, why?" Well, this is the thing: is like uh, that that obviously a lot of kids' films are guilty of that. But I think the Mario movie was a really good proof of you don't need to stoop to that level to be like, "Okay, we need a clearly designed for kids moment here," and the adults are just gonna, you know, have to check sit out. and watch, <laughs> check out. Yeah, the Mario movie didn't really have anything like that. It was kind of mostly even across the board. It was still like a movie for kids, but the Sonic films are very. The second one's more guilty of it uh, than what I can remember. The first one of like, this is a moment for the kids, and uh, you know, if the adults don't like dance offs, then I guess they're not going to like this 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 segment. Um, mm -hmm. But you can you can make a movie that's geared toward kids and not have to um, not have to create like a, a a clearly silly moment. Like I I um a movie we saw re like a couple years ago was uh, we saw the Paw Patrol movie, which again is based on a kids kids TV show. But like in watching that movie in the theaters with with the kids, like it didn't feel like there were extended moments where it's like okay, this is the break moment for your kids, like. It was still a kid's movie, but it didn't dumb it down in a way that was like, yeah, you're going to hate yourself for the next five minutes as an adult, you know, and uh, we're talking about Paw Patrol. So like the Sonic 2 film yeah. does it. <laughs> I don't I don't know. Like that was a weak moment for me like that. The dance off. But like it was it was entertaining and it was sh it was shorter than they didn't extend it to. It went a little long, but it didn't extend it too much. But Kids yeah, I think it. it's more so like in the the context of the greater movie, how, you know, like we've said two or three times now that two hours is too long. Yeah. And it's like, so if you know that you have a movie that's too long, like what could you cut? Dance battle. Number one yes. thing. Could it cut it? <laughs> yeah, you did. It really just it. Um, look, if we're if we're aiming for believability, like you cut the dance battle out and you're like if you're cool with aliens and all that and secret government organizations like the plot thread of the of of the secret agent wedding and the dance off you could probably save yourself a half yeah. hour and have the same plot i like exactly. or same beginning yeah. middle end so yeah it's uh well yeah it's bananas but i mean like we haven't talked about a lot about robotnik but like jim carrey continues to be probably the best part of these movies hands down yeah, I think uh, he did. I mean, 
he did a really good job. Like he was, he was very consistent with his performance in the first movie, which I think I probably mentioned at the time was my favorite part. Um, I think that like he was, he was still great in this movie. There were, there were some moments and some lines that I was just like, okay, could have done without, but overall, like he, I think did a, did a pretty good job. Uh, like he as an actor did, did a great job. I think the writing for him was, was decent. Um, again, like remembering we're in a kid's movie, <laughs> but like one thing that like, well, a couple of things that kind of bugged me just about the writing in general was that like, there were so many like really lame and really like, I thought outdated, like out of touch kind of jokes. Like there was one, um, that I remember from the, the, uh, police officer who's like, supposed to be like living with his mom or something and he makes a joke about how he wants girls to come over other than his mom and then there was another joke by like the secret government agency at one point calling the local police officers idiots and you know like it just it's a lot of like jokes that you've heard a hundred times before that weren't funny the first time so like why are we still saying them so there was that is i was just like some of these characters with some of their jokes were just like really bad like not just like okay that joke's not funny but like actually like actively unfunny <laughs> and then also the amount of movie references was great like the amount of either like references to movies or references to like actors and stuff like there was a fast and furious um reference there was um it, it, during the dance off i think there was a reference about channing tatum and i don't remember is he Magic uh, Mike? Or? Yes, he is Magic Mike. Okay, yeah. And I was just like, yeah. So I was like, I can't remember if like what movie exactly they were referencing, but I remember the Channing Tatum reference. Because uh, like Sonic says something like, Channing Tatum makes this look so easy. And I'm like, <laughs> but, but there was like, there had to be like 10 or 15 like other movie like it felt like product placement for Paramount at that point. <laughs> and I was just like, like they were really out of place. And I don't know if that's like some part of Sonic's character that I don't remember or something. Cause again, like I don't remember what happened in the first movie to that level of detail. So like, does he spend a lot of time watching movies to like uh, learn about earth or something? Like it just felt those things like these outdated jokes and these like movie product placement bits <laughs> felt really, really out of place to me. And I don't know if it's like we just finished talking about like making kids movies accessible to adults. So I don't know if they were trying to do that, but it seemed like they replaced all the video game references with these like Paramount movie references. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the first film like has Sonic being this lonesome creature who's high in hiding. So he does, he, he does watch a lot of movies. He watch, reads a lot of comic books. So he has that like pop culture okay. uh, connection. But that being said, like you can make really smart and witty pop culture references without, without feeling just name um, dropping actors. <laughs> it yeah. <felt> like, <laughs> yeah. It's, it, it didn't, to me, it didn't feel like it was done smartly, you know, like they could have mm -hmm. uh, they could have probably punched that up a bit. And of course, like, you know, mentioning a lot of the Paramount properties like that makes it the easiest for them to clear 
uh, legal by just referencing stuff they own. Referencing their own stuff, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you know, there's some bat. There's a Batman reference. You know, uh, there. You know, there's there's a there's a couple things throughout the film, and and I, again, like I think it goes back to Sonic being into pop culture and just loving being on Earth, and he is a, like I guess technically a kid uh, in the film. You know, so he's he's. Which yeah, he's very, if he's a kid, why is he watching Magic Mike? <laughs> that is, that is a good point. Uh, yeah, that is a very good point. Maybe there's another dancing uh, Channing Tatum movie we're not uh, maybe aware of maybe <laughs> that is suitable for for children. I I mean I I I thought that Sonic was like technically considered uh, like like a like a teenager maybe at best. I don't know. Yeah, I thought. Yeah, I don't know. Adult. I didn't really. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It didn't really. It never really occurred to me like how quote unquote old he would be in the context of like his species, but they really tried to like hammer it home this time. It felt like because I think his <laughs> might have been James Marsden's only line. You have a lot of growing up to do. You're still a kid, you know? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think those are the only things that he said like five times in the movie. He really wasn't in the movie all that much. Yeah. Which yeah, was fine. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, they, they they do kind of like um they do reduce the amount of time each human character gets on screen, but they do have a lot of human characters to kind of go through. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's uh they the it's Robotnik was really the best, you know, human character, but he he becomes even more of a caricature by the end of the film where he like mm-hmm. he has the master emerald and he's kind of like converted into this being of all knowledge. Um, but like, yeah, it's, uh, which like, okay, this is something that maybe I don't understand. So I guess like you can make anything you can dream of with the Emerald. Is that it? Because I was like, if the Emerald just makes your thoughts reality, couldn't he just be like, I think Sonic no longer exists. And then wouldn't he just poof, gone, done? Like, I mean, that's how you get sued by Disney, <laughs> right? <laughs> I guess. <laughs> yeah, no, he's he's fine as long as he doesn't snap his fingers. <laughs> yes, true. And I don't think, uh, I think he might snap his fingers. I I think my understanding of, of, the, of the Master Emerald is it makes you all powerful and it allows you to to create anything from around you. So, you know, he wasn't. Okay. So create, but not destroy. So like he was creating when he was creating that giant Mac, he was, he was using material found around him, like the buildings, the tanks, that sort of thing. So it wasn't creating out of nothing. Even it was okay. It makes a little bit more sense. Cause I was like, I don't understand why he wouldn't just think sonic out of existence <laughs> well he, he's also like an evil villain cartoon character so like he probably wants to have the the satisfaction of crushing sonic as opposed to just like blinking him out of ex- even thanos did that like he he waited to the last possible minute to, to snap everybody out of existence he he still wanted <laughs> to crush all the heroes right it's it's that vanity thing of i guess of being like a, an evil super villain and, and robotnik is certainly that character like he he plays he oh, plays yeah, into definitely. that role quite yeah. a bit. Um, but yeah, like, uh, and then, the, you know, when we get to the ending of the film and they fight, like you were joking pre-show, like, you paused it. Oh, the final battle. So there must be only 10 minutes left. <laughs> there was like a half hour of yeah. of this clodding <laughs> around in a giant robot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
but it it does give us that classic moment of them in the in the plane with with tails and stuff uh and 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 knuckles as they approach the giant robotnik robot like there was a lot of video game references like from the sonic franchise in that final moment you know robotnik finally having like a giant robotnik classic robot uh you know sonic tails and knuckles coming in on the the plane like the biplane is like a classic sonic visual as well so they kind of they leaned into it a lot there at the end and which you know i think was really really well done because to me as someone who's not really familiar with the sonic games like as you're as you're kind of pointing out the references i'm like oh okay yeah like i can i can vaguely remember like the biplane from like just existing in pop culture right like so you know like but at the same time it didn't feel as like heavy-handed as the first one like there were moments in the first one that felt much more like recreated scenes out of a video game shoehorned in sort of thing and i didn't get that with this one at all like like you mentioned the dropping of the rings and the and the biplane and the giant robot and like none of it felt out of place in the second movie, the way that it was, I felt like way more obvious in the first movie, like they were hitting you over the head with it. And this this time felt a little more subtle, like it felt like it belonged. Um, so I think they did a better job in in two than one in that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, they, and they, they even did it with the marketing. I, I remember when it launched uh, the movie, they recreated the classic Sonic 2 box art uh, but with the characters in the movie and it was like made by the studio. And again, it just, I love this era we're in, whether you think video game movies are crap or not, the era we're in right now is we have video game enthusiasts making video game movies. And I think like you started to see that change. I think, unfortunately, right after the Warcraft film where the Warcraft film was still like studios being studios even though Duncan Jones was a big fan of World of Warcraft and Blizzard obviously was involved, but you still had those studios in there kind of messing about. You should just like give it to Henry Cavill and just be like, hey, make a good Warcraft movie. Make it about Arthas. You can be Arthas. Let's go. (laughs) But I think, yeah, I mean, the Warcraft movie had all kinds of problems, including even just the story they chose to tell. Like, (laughs) yeah. But anyways, that's a whole other conversation. (laughs) It is. Yeah. And I think everything's going to come back around like we'll get another one of those and and it'll get a fair shot that time. Like, I think we are in an era where video game movies are being made by the creators and the the, you know, the fans of video games. And sometimes it does result in some duds and sometimes it results in some in some really fun, accurate films. Uh, But, you know, if Mortal Kombat can get a second shot and make a make a decent a decent follow-up like that mortal Kombat film was pretty good like for a video game movie. i liked it i enjoyed yeah. it <laughs> yeah and they're making a second one and it's gonna have carl urban as johnny cage which sounds perfect to me yep <laughs> uh but uh yeah like i it's it is it is also a thing where like studios are still interested in like making giant franchises out of everything they possibly can yeah. so we're seeing that with sonic now like there is like everyone's got to have content you know, like they all have streaming services. Paramount Plus is coming to knocking and they want a Knuckles TV show. Like what is what does that do to the franchise? Like if that fails, like do the movies continue and the movies have been decent? Well, the movies have done really well, right? Like, yes, 
you know, all of my gripes aside, like they've made a lot of money. They're popular with kids. Like, yeah. So while Sonic is is one of those things about Sonic is like the games do okay, but all of Sonic's other stuff, comics, TV shows, uh, you know, merchandise, Church, yeah, <laughs> it's just it 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 makes bank. Like it that is probably the main reason Sega is able to be like a publishing company and make countless Sonic games that are not so great, you know, because they are just funded by the sheer magnitude of money coming in from just the sonic ip you know and that's what nintendo's mm-hmm. trying to do with their ip now like they're they're making great games but like they're looking to also make more money from theme parks and movies and such um but like you know at the end to get back to sonic at the end of the film you get uh you get the big battle sonic dies but then he has the uh, master emerald because so he becomes supersonic which again is right from the video games mm-hmm. um and then Robotnik dies like he has that video Question game mark <laughs> yeah that video game villain classic like he's dead but we didn't find the body oh well you know that means he's 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 gonna be back at some point but there is that like real world issue of Jim Carrey saying after this film he was retiring <laughs> so <laughs> Whether he comes back, uh, they are filming Sonic 3. There's no telling as to whether, you know, Robotnik is there. Robotnik is the big bad, but I feel like you could probably, you could probably find, I mean, you could probably find another big bad to throw in there. You don't need Robotnik, but I I am going to miss Jim Carrey's Robotnik if they don't bring mm-hmm. him back for the third one. Yeah. And I mean, we'll talk about the post credit scene in a couple minutes, but yeah. Uh, I did. I did want to talk about that final battle a little bit, particularly the point you just highlighted where he goes like into super ultra glowy mode, um, because like so. Then this is another. <laughs> this is another time where like, why are the humans even there? But anyways, <laughs> like so, Sonic and his parents almost get crushed under the giant robot before Sonic like goes super powerful and lifts the foot up and stuff. But like. Part of the the Sonic character arc through the movie was supposed to be like him maturing and growing into the role of a hero and understanding the difference between like selfish motivations and, you know, actually trying to help others. But then like he got pretty reckless with his parents. Like he didn't try to make sure they were safe at all. <laughs> he like fires himself through the foot of the giant robot, which like physics <laughs> says that foot would have just gone right back down where it came from like sonic went straight up through it so like sonic's parents should be dead <laughs> like he didn't try to get them out of the way at all <laughs> well and then yeah. he just like zips around and is like pulling parts off the robot and they're all falling to the ground the head of the robot falls off onto the ground where his parents are i'm like damn sonic that's just cold <laughs> Well, yeah, and and that's the other thing too is like that's a classic uh, movie issue where it, it happened with Man of Steel, right? Where he's having the giant fight, yeah, in town, and uh, a lot of films after that would include a line like, "Oh, and you know, Shield was busy evacuating everybody for the last yeah. hour, so now <laughs> we're all good to drop this." Um, uh, what was it? it was a it was a giant island or something down on the ground. And, it was, you know, we, we moved everybody. So it's okay. 
Um, and Sonic, like the Man of Steel, can move very fast as supersonic. All they needed to have was a quick scene of him. Like, wait, he Zipping can move fast no matter what. Way, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he doesn't need to be supersonic to move fast. He can just like move them uh, yeah. out of the way. <laughs> um, so that's an issue just in the sense of like a lot of films for some reason fall into this trap that just seems so easy to get themselves out of from, you know, outside looking in. But then going back to my comment of like, no, the master Emerald gives you the ability to create from what's around you. He creates like, doesn't he, he creates a, a chili dog storm where just yeah. chili dogs are falling from the sky. So like my point is, is null and void at that point. Like he, he is, he is not creating chili dogs from, <laughs> from the from atmosphere trees. yeah yeah <laughs> so yeah and i mean that kind of like to to kind of expand on that point a little bit i found like the powers of the characters and their like ability to sustain damage quite confusing because like the right at the beginning when we meet knuckles he has that like first initial kind of fight with sonic it like fight air quotes it's not really a fight as much as sonic getting his butt kicked as you know, most first encounters go when you have a new villain on the scene because your hero has to get his butt handed to him. That's just, you know, the trope. Uh, but anyways, like they have this little fight scuffle thing and like Knuckles literally like catches Sonic in his spinny blue. I'm super fast ball catches him in midair and he's just like holding him there. Like, <laughs> but then he gets hit by a car and doesn't get up <laughs> like mm. I found it. And then like the same thing with Sonic is like he's like sometimes seems like he can, you know, run into around through anything. But then like he's unable to recover after falling down on the bridge. And then like he's super slow and hurt. But then all of a sudden, not anymore. <laughs> like, just the the powers of the characters, I found very confusing. And same, but even Tails, it was like, you know, like he he got hit or whatever, and then he was down for the count, and Sonic was like, oh my god, he needs a doctor or a vet or anybody. But then he's totally fine a couple of scenes later, even though nothing has happened. <laughs> like, I just, I found that it was really hard to keep track of, like, when the characters were in like actual real danger versus like things that they should be able to shrug off. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, I mean, as long as they have one ring in their possession, they're, they're fine. Right. Like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I joke, but yeah, like it's a, uh, it's kind of weirdly video game rules, right? Like you are, you are, you are fine no matter what damage you take, as long as you have, uh, a sliver of health unless the story calls for you to be incapacitated. Right. Um, I think the knuckles car bit is, is really just comedy, you know, it, it oh, it's hilarious. He, he didn't see the car coming. He got hit and he's knocked out. I, like it's funny, you know, like it, it's, I think it's a comedy <laughs> bit, but um, yeah, him being all powerful also, you know, I think it just, it, it would make, it would make for a, a boring movie if he was just, he was just too good. But yeah, like him, him stopping Sonic, who's who's uh, who's doing his famous spin move, and then, yeah, and then getting hit by that's a car. That's supposed to be his big power move. <laughs> yeah, 
He saw it coming, though. Maybe he didn't see the car coming. Maybe that's the issue. Is he? He has yeah, like really bad know. peripheral vision. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure, but I mean, like, obviously, like video game rules and and movie rules in general of like you know like same like Sonic is slow and limping when he's trying to get to the emerald because that's what the plot demanded because they needed a reason for the humans to play any kind of part in that giant battle, right? So like. They needed them to, although I will also say, speaking of what damage you can sustain, um, those humans would have been just dead. That car crash, like, that would have just killed them, period. Seatbelts yeah. or no seatbelts, like, come I on. I remember the car crash. What? When did the car crash? It was... In the big final battle. So they, like, um, they... Die, they drive underneath the foot and grab Sonic as he's grabbing the emerald to get him out from under the robot, but then they don't get all the way out from under the robot, and they get, like, it, the, the truck just flips, like, over and over and over and over. <laughs> and I was like, okay, they're super dead. And then they yeah. get out, and they're like, everyone okay? And there's, like, one of them's got, like, a little bit of dirt, and the other one's got, like, a tiny, like, one-inch cut on their forehead. And they're like, yeah, we're fine. I'm like, mm, you'd be dead. Super yeah. dead. <laughs> they have one of those like little band-aids that they usually put above the eye. Like, oh, I right? have one in my yeah. back pocket, so I'm fine. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's a movie thing. And and I think yeah. it's a kid's movie. So like, oh, you need the car crash, but none of the consequences. But there okay? could be no consequences. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> as long as they were wearing their seatbelt, everyone's fine. <laughs> uh yeah, that that like th- there's a lot of stuff in that final battle where uh it kind of it it just turns into like okay we need to have a big action sequence here and like damn the consequences um <laughs> and and i mean i don't it, it like i get it like you had two films you have to re- you eventually have to retire the big bad and like the sort of arc of robotnik being um uh, maroon to the mushroom planet and then you know coming back to have his revenge like that works really well with the video game and, you know, retiring him, like not killing him off, but having him sort of, you know, disappear into the background for a little bit. I think that works really well for the plot, because I think if you did like a Sonic 3 and Robotnik was the bad guy again, it'd be pretty tired. But it gives you the opportunity to be like, bring him back. Yeah, I think it would be really difficult to do it differently, because really and truly, it's not all that different from one, right? Like both big battles end up in that whatever town, Green Hills or something. Um, yeah. Like, you know, how many times can you possibly destroy that town <laughs> with a battle between Sonic and Robotnik without it being like, okay, we've seen this before, you know? Um, and maybe we should just talk about the post credit scene now because... Uh, it kind of like seemed to set up where they're going. Although I was still kind of confused <laughs> by it, but at the same time, like so basically it, like it reveals what looked to me again, as somebody totally unfamiliar with a lot of this stuff looked to me like evil Sonic, like yeah. he was Sonic, but with like black hair streaks. <laughs> oh, yeah. maybe it's emo Sonic. Maybe he's just like super sad all the time. Uh, well, you had the E right. It's edgy Sonic. Oh, edgy, edgy Sonic. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that is uh that is classic uh Sonic villain Shadow the Hedgehog, uh, who was introduced in Sonic Adventure 2. They did drop the the shadow name, yeah. 
Yeah. He opens his eyes all menacingly at the end of the film. Yep. Um, well, here's the thing. So this is a this is a weird one. Like the lore behind Shadow, and I I'm not gonna admit that I have this completely right. I did not look it up before the show, which is probably not giving me any bonus points for how I'm about to explain <laughs> this because it's super probably uh nerdy here. But so and I actually adjust my glasses as I said that. Um <laughs> so Shadow the Hedgehog is a clone of and this is where my I'm fuzzy. I think he's a clone of Sonic, but created by Robotnik's grandfather in the 40s um, for some reason to do with his dying daughter, maybe. Uh, and uh, and then Shadow's evil because the daughter dies and Shadow's angry. Right. And then the grandfather also dies. And then Shadow comes back and wants to kill Sonic. I don't know how that all lines up in the timeline. Like it doesn't even make sense in the video game, to be honest. So in the movies. <laughs> yeah. And in the movie, like, so in the post credit scene, it said something about, um, like when they thought Robotnik was dead and they were like clearing out all their files, they found a black site. Mm -hmm. And yeah. that's where they found shadow. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, wait, so did Robotnik make him? Did the military make him? Like, it was really confusing because at the beginning of the cutscene, it's the cutscene, the post credit <laughs> scene, he made it sound like uh, Robotnik was responsible for the creation of this shadow character. But then with some of the stuff they said closer to the end, it sounded very much like the military. So then I was like, so did Robotnik work for the military? Is that something that I have well, forgotten he does. or okay okay yeah he does in the first film he works for the military he's kind of like a okay i couldn't remember if i if that was what happened or not but so he's like a military consultant weapons yeah. guy okay but they kind of like reference that it's an older file it's an older site it's buried but it was brought back up when robotnik died or disappeared yeah but it's like tied to a a gerald robotnik which is his grandfather's uh name in, in the games Oh, okay. I didn't even, I that didn't register that. <laughs> yeah. Again, it's like, it's some deep video game stuff. And, and honestly, like with the movie, they'll probably change it a lot because, uh, probably the timelines don't, the timeline's kind of weird because again, like Sonic didn't, wasn't known to the world until, uh, the end of the first film, right? Like even in the first film, the military are like unsure as to what's going on. All they know is that it's a, it's this it's this immense power, this immense energy that they've they've found. Um, so it'll be interesting to see, like, how they how they do it. And like Robotnik, he wouldn't have cloned Sonic in between finding out who Sonic is and being marooned <laughs> and the mushroom planet. So, like, mm. it'll be interesting to see how they kind of, like, try to explain it without it. You know, we talk about this second film being really good with the video game references and and kind of sprinkling them in in a way that um that is a good homage but still fits within the film like bringing in shadow who is a classic character to try to explain that backstory and keep it close to the games might be the straw that breaks the camel's back in terms of video game references uh because even i like don't understand it like you don't have to explain it it's just edgy sonic you know you could have gone you could have gone metal sonic uh which is like a legit robot creation of robotnik so there was already an, an evil sonic it was like it was mm -hmm. metal sonic 
So they didn't go that route either, although maybe they could do, you know, the Godzilla thing where you have Mecha Godzilla and yeah and godzilla and i don't know OG godzilla (laughs) yeah yeah they did that with the recent film so uh well spoilers i guess but um yeah anyways i don't know like sonic 3 we'll see what happens but shadow's in it he's gonna be in it Ooh, who voices shadow okay jocelyn for us to wrap this up (laughs) because we did talk about sonic for about an hour who voices shadow like a serious take and a funny take i don't know what do you think what's the first name that comes to mind I don't know. I'm terrible with names. Um, I was going to say like maybe uh, one of the Batmans, like a Christian Bale or like a, a Ben Affleck or somebody who can go real gruff. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> Christian Bale would be great as Shadow the Hedgehog. <laughs> I don't even need to go. That's perfect casting. Um, I was going to say, you know, along those lines, like a Josh Brolin uh, or no, James Brolin, the guy who plays uh, Thanos. Is it? It's James Brolin. I think. Mm. Um, cause it, the, the, both those Brolins do exist, but I don't know which is the one that does Thanos. <laughs> one's, one's Thanos' dad. So not Thanos' dad. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think like someone like that, you know, where you can, yeah, it's Josh Brolin. So where you can have some fun with it, they have some comedic chops and they're able to have, have, again, have fun with it. Like, like Idris Elba did, but still have that like serious, voice attached to it i th- I still think christian bale is a really good one and would be funny <laughs> well especially with like the batman references in the movie right like <laughs> yes yeah okay well you know what when they announce it if it's not christian bale it's gonna be fucking pratt is who it's gonna be <laughs> no i mean shadow the hedgehog does have like that gravelly um sort of it, it, the what you're picturing is ex- like the Christian Bale, the, the Josh Brolin. That's exactly the way he sounds. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, if it is Chris Pratt, like he'd have to do a voice this time. You'd have to, Chris Pratt. Like you, there's no way around it. You'd actually have to do a voice. You'd have to figure it out and not just uh, not just do the Pratt, you know? So, yeah. You watched Sonic 2. You did it, Jocelyn. You made I it did. through it. I did. Yeah, I think that's it. I did it. I hope, hope you guys are happy. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a threat. Uh... Vaguely, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, because I know what's coming in 2024 whenever Sonic 3 comes out is they're going to make me watch it again for the kids. <laughs> yeah. Well, the funny thing is, you, you you know, there is obviously the writers and the actors screen guild uh, strike going on, but there was actual news where... They were supposed to start filming Sonic 3 and they decided to go ahead and only film the scenes that don't have actors in it. So they're doing like all the the background B-roll, like the the CG placement characters first. So they must have already had it written then, I guess. Right. Because the writers are were the first to strike. So it yeah. must have already been written. They probably fast tracked the script, <laughs> to be honest. But uh <laughs> But yeah, in terms of filming, they they are not letting that slow them down. We I think the Sonic 3 releases uh, December 2024, if it sticks to its date. So, yeah, 2024 is going to be busy for Sonic, I think. Yay. <laughs> At least you don't have to worry about a Mario movie coming anytime soon. Like they will make another <laughs> one. Don't get me wrong. But oh, yeah, they definitely will. They're going to take their time. Yeah. But I mean, like I said, I did I did like the second one better than the first one. Um, it was a little bit too long and there was some stuff that could be cut, but I thought overall it was pretty entertaining. So uh yeah, I mean, yeah, good job. Good job, Sonic. You one up to your previous entry. So 
You get a thumbs mostly up. Not two hey. thumbs. One thumb, okay. <laughs> well, Sonic only puts one thumb up when he when he does the thumbs up pose, so I think he I think he'd be happy with that. Sonic approves. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If Sonic were here today, God rest his soul, he would uh he would be happy with that. <laughs> All right, then, on that note, uh, <laughs> if you do like the content that we are putting together here at The Gamers Inn, head on over to patreon.com slash The Gamers Inn to support the show. Like Mikey Connected, thank you so much for supporting The Gamers Inn. Uh, also, uh, we are coming up on Extra Lifetime, so uh, if you would like to support anyone on the team, Josh has been doing a crazy amount of fundraising already so uh, head on over to bit.ly slash tgi extra life 2023 in order to support the team um i don't have my page up yet um <laughs> i'm having my baby as you guys know in about a month and so we're not 100 percent sure what extra life is going to look like this year but i'm going to get a page up just in case so uh yeah um you can support anyone else on the team though by going to bit.ly slash tgi extra life 2023 uh We've got a couple of news stories for you guys. They're they're pretty little short snippets because we weren't sure how long we were going to talk about Sonic. But um, Sony is updating its pricing for PlayStation Plus. Uh, this starts September 6th. So um, if you do want to kind of lock in a lower price now, literally now is the time to do it. But um, it's, it's going up. It's pretty pricey, actually. Um, the annual pass is like 100 and... 60 American, I think, which seems like a lot because like PlayStation or I guess, yeah, that's the the super ultra mega premium one, right? Yeah. Yeah. So the premium plus is going up to 160. Uh, and of course, and this is the thing, and people have made these comments before, like when you're increasing prices, have the decency for your consumers to list what it used to be um, mm. and also to make podcasters jobs a lot easier so that we don't have to have a separate reference article um but yeah like the the base the base one which has been sixty dollars uh for quite a while uh is going up to 79.99 us so that is a 20 dollar increase uh but the base one's not changing like you're not getting with these changes you're not getting anything more you know yeah they're just they're just charging more money they're not changing what the past gives you right exactly and i think like of course we've seen price increases with with no change on what's being offered but the more you increase your price like the more consumers are going to look at it and be like okay is this is this worth it Mm -hmm. well that's something i've really started to do with like my netflix subscription because there's not nearly as much content on there that like it's not my go to like it used to be, you know, five, six years ago. So like if it's not my go to for content and they're not really giving me anything else and they're canceling all of their like first party shows that I actually found interesting, like where's the value? Because I think my Netflix subscriptions up to 20 something dollars a month now or something. And it used to be like seven ninety nine. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, the value just isn't really there anymore. So yeah, like this is not, you know, a unique to to PlayStation thing, um, increasing subscription prices at all. And I think like a lot of the conversations, um, and obviously this applies to, you know, movies and TV much more than than video games, but subscription services, period. I know there's been like a lot of questions around like, 
profit sharing and like we've already been talking about the the writers and the actor strikes that are going on right now and like how do you get money like if you have a show like Witcher I don't really want to pick like a first party Netflix thing because I'm sure it's a little bit different because there's no licensing deal because it's like first party but anyways like if you have a super ultra popular gets millions and millions and millions of views TV show like how do you get paid for that? And it's not quite as simple as like old school TV where like you would have five minutes of TV and then three minutes of commercials and then five minutes of TV and three minutes of commercials. And that commercial money paid for the million dollar salaries of the actors like that doesn't happen with these streaming services. So I can't remember where I was going with this because baby brain is a thing. But also, uh, yeah, subscriptions going up in money <laughs> and people trying to figure out like where the money's coming from. I think was where I was going with that. Yeah. And for these increases, you're looking at um, it is a it's a twenty dollar increase for the base for the middle tier. It's a thirty five dollar increase for the year. And then for the highest tier, it is a forty dollar increase, which is pretty is pretty insane, considering I think these newer tiers have only been around for about a year and the quality of the games being offered. Like, I think the price someone was saying is on par with what Game Pass Ultimate is at. And by no means are those services equal because Sony does not release their first party titles day one. And I Mm -hmm. think you need to you need to take that into account. You know, I think that increases the value of this of Game Pass because it offers first party titles at at launch. And I think that's where when they announced a price increase for that service, I was like, yeah, you are already getting a crazy deal. So increasing that makes sense because it was it was being offered at a loss. I, I didn't get I think Sony is in this weird position where it didn't feel like they were operating at a loss when they add games like two years after they launch, unless they're mm-hmm. duds in which they get released a year uh, onto the service. So uh, there's been talk that maybe this increase is in is in line with uh, them being ready to announce more services. But like in my mind, I think that's just wishful. I feel thinking. like that's backwards, right? Yeah. Like that's you should announce your new services and then announce your price increase. <laughs> because this yeah. doing it this way is just pissing people off, right? Because they're like, Well, I was paying, you know, 120, now you want me to pay 160. Why? <laughs> yeah. And, and a week's and notice without answering, is, yeah. Is well, a that's the other thing. Too. This is this is kind of, this news broke like today. And it's as as of September 6th. So yeah, like you've got a week to to figure your shit out, which is, yeah, not a ton of notice. And again, they've given us no reason for this. So, you know, like I, I, you can hope that the uh, that the increase in price is going to be tied to, you know, new game launches or or new services or something. But I feel like this is not a great move from the Sony marketing team. Like <laughs> this feels very, very backwards to me. Yeah. I would have paired it with, uh, with some major like announcements, even if it is just in line with their current offering of like, you know, we're increasing the prices, but let's showcase what this means. And, mm-hmm. you know, even if it is just a, you're sacrificing a game and, and putting it to the top of the list early onto the service, because in Sony's mind, like if we're putting a game on the subscription service, like we've squeezed every dollar uh, out of normal sales of this one. So it's onto the subscription pile you go. Uh, I don't 
personally agree with that because again, I'm a big game pass supporter, but like it, it would, it would make, it would mean a lot for you to like showcase the value. And I know a lot of folks are pointing to PlayStation plus this, uh, cause they, they did tie it with the PlayStation plus announcement for September, which is saints row, uh, the reboot of the franchise, but like that game was panned. Like it was not received mm-hmm. well at all. Um, I'm interested in trying it, but like, I'm not sitting here saying it was, it was, it was reviewed well at all. Like, I just think it would have been a good opportunity to be like, all right, let's get a a really good headlining game for September to, uh, pair with this really brutal, uh, price increase. Cause like, mm-hmm. that's a lot of money that they're adding onto this. I, and I could see a lot of folks being like, okay, well, I I am bringing this down to the base tier and and not upgrading. Like this is going to this is going to cause their upgrades probably to to fall, I'd say. Well, yeah, so like we're locked in. I can't remember when our renewal date is, but basically we're locked in for our 12-month pricing. So even though prices so it's prices for new subscriptions is going up September 6th. Um so if your renewal date has to be after November 6th, um, for the new pricing to kick in for you. So I don't really understand that gap there. <laughs> um, but anyways, uh, November 6th, I'm pretty sure our renewal is after that. But anyways, like we won't be bumped up until then. So like I might bump us down because I'm pretty sure we're on the premium thing right now. Uh, I might put us down to the essential because uh, like you, ha- this is another one of those like you have to have the PlayStation Plus to do like multiplayer, right? Yes, yeah. Yeah, so like you you need some sort of subscription with your PlayStation if you're wanting to do anything with your friends. So, yeah, I think I might bump us down to the essential instead of the premium because like I don't think that I'm getting any real value and it's literally double the price. It's 80 bucks for the essential and 160 for the premium. Like I don't really see where that value is coming from. Yeah. It uh and even the difference between Premium and extra. Extra is sort of the Game Pass offering. Premium is like cloud streaming and classic games. So mm. you know, I I of all folks who loves <laughs> loves to spend money on video games, especially <laughs> yeah, video game subscriptions. I I have not even bothered to look at the the top tier. Like they they really do need to re- reevaluate that, and I'm sure that's something that they're looking at. It, you know, they have the numbers. They know what works. And um, clearly something is uh, <laughs> amiss if they're if they're looking at it like, OK, like this is all working perfectly fine. Let's increase the price. It, I don't get the sense that, you know, there's there's enough there to warrant such a large price. Look, everybody's increasing their prices. I get that. Except for the gamers in Patreon dot com slash the gamers in. I don't think we've ever <laughs> increased our prices there. However, like <laughs> I, that's a huge jump. You know, and yeah. uh, I'm I'm skeptical that that it's going to work out in their favor. Yeah, same. Uh, Elder Scrolls Six is officially in early development, which is uh, very exciting because we were talking. I think it was last episode we were talking about how, um, or maybe it was in our pre-show before our last episode. Anyways, I remember talking to you recently about how excited for Starfield I was because it meant that Elder Scrolls Six would finally move ahead. Because it's been like five years since the original Elder Scrolls Six um, teaser announcement, so um, they have now confirmed that it is in in development 
early development, but it is they're moving things forward. Hooray! <laughs> yeah, I included this because uh, <laughs> specifically for you, Jocelyn, because I know <laughs> you're excited for Elder Scrolls Six, and the idea here is that the game had been in pre-production for the five years. Sort of is, and you know, Elder Scrolls games are huge. So to have a five-year pre-production schedule while making another huge game fits. It makes sense. It's not the you know the most amazing news, but like at least you know we know they've been working on it. But entering early development means like they are actually starting to build the game. They mm-hmm. are done with the pre-production phase, which would include like story and characters and. Uh, well, I'm I'm kind of talking out of turn. I don't know for sure, but that's to me what I would assume pre-production is. Like you got your your concept art and you know your early concept art, your planning of what the game's going to be and what functions are going to be in there. So this is good news, although they do you know temper expectations by saying it's an early development. However, Starfield is going to remain our priority for for some time, and we will not hear about Elder Scrolls Six for a while. I mean, we've already yeah. not heard about it for a while, so like. You know, yeah, which I mean, like we we had been speculating about this anyways, because we knew that most of the team was on Starfield and that Elder Scrolls six was like something they were thinking about and planning, but that hadn't actually been, you know, there's been no serious work done. So I feel like the expectation was another three to five years after Starfield anyways, um, depending on how much work that they'd been able to do in pre-production. So you know, like if they've done a bunch of writing or, or world building or whatever, like planning, I guess, like how much of that is actually done and ready to go and be implemented. We don't know. But um, I think three to five years from now is a, is a pretty safe bet. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, even in the FTC trial, I guess Phil Spencer was saying it's like five plus years away. So no, not the plus. <laughs> no, I know. Yeah. The dreaded, uh, the dreaded plus. <sighs> I, uh, it's going to be a big game and it's going to be a I wait. Know. And mm, yeah, there's always Elder Scrolls online, right? It, there, there is. And that is, I mean, like ESO is a great game. I think like you can absolutely play that as a like solo single player experience, which is what I do. Um, like there are, you know, the, the trappings of an MMO, you can do PVP, you can do, you know, dungeons and raids and like guilds and, all that kind of stuff, or you can just ignore all of that and and play the expansive questing and story that they've built. So, I mean, like, that's all I do is I just go into a zone and do a bunch of questing by myself. And it's very entertaining. It's very well written. It's very well built. And it's all voice acted. And, you know, even all the out of the way side quests, everything's voice acted. So, I mean, like, it is a very well made very fun game so like i don't feel like i have missed elder scrolls 6 really like the fact that it was announced 5 years ago i'm kind of like oh really has it been that long because i've been playing eso so i've been kind of scratching that itch so i mean if you are bummed about the fact that we're looking at 2028 or later <laughs> for elder scrolls 6 um, I do highly, highly recommend, and I've said this a few times, but I highly recommend ESO and don't be discouraged by the fact that it's a quote unquote MMO. Like you can very much play it as like a single player experience. There will still be people like running around, but you can just ignore them. Yeah, that's what I do. If anything, it just, it makes your cities feel more lived in, right? Like 
but you don't have to talk to anybody. <laughs> you don't have to engage with uh, with other people. You can play it as a totally single player experience. Yeah, I, and I think that's the same argument that was made for um, Diablo Four when they were announcing like the fact that there was going to have you know uh, open world mechanics with you know other players appearing in towns and stuff to give it like a more lived in feel and and really it's uh, it, it can be distracting. But honestly, if you just like zone it out and just pretend everybody's an NPC, like it it really yeah. does <laughs> create this single player experience and. I think ESO is, has, from what I've played, has done a really good job with that. Yeah, I, I really enjoy it. So again, I really can't recommend ESO enough. And especially if you are a big Elder Scrolls fan and you're kind of trying to bridge the gap between Skyrim that came out a billion years ago and Elder Scrolls 6 that won't come out for another five plus years, then yeah, like I think it's a really good um, kind of stop gap in between. So uh, anyways, I think that's pretty much going to do it for us tonight. If you'd like to join the conversation, you can head on over to bit.ly slash TGI Discord. Uh, you can also follow us on the web at gamersandpodcast.com or over on Twitter. You can find me, Jocelyn at Joss Plays. Ryan is at R. Murphy. And don't forget to follow the show at The Gamers Inn. Thanks for staying at The Gamers Inn. And remember, tune in next week. Bye, everybody. Bye, everyone. <laughs>